it is a staggering thing to me that I discovered a statistic that has verifiably set the modern church world on its head. Here's why. When you begin to believe the news media, when you begin to believe, I'm talking about believe, that means tr trust, trust is faith. There are millions and millions and millions of people putting their trust in people that are aliens to God and to his kingdom. We're not in either one of those kingdoms. You, 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 you are under the ministry, at least today, of a man that stands, as did ancient Samuel, between two. Between two. Because the left's not right and the right's not right. What's right is God. God. And I don't, I don't cater to nor pander to either side. I got kingdom work to do. But the church has been so immersed for the last 20 years, marinating in the self-interested, self-help humanism of so-called ministry that we have lost our moorings, we have lost our way, we no longer are navigating by the North Star. We think we are right when we are wrong. In this kingdom, you once and forever for all, surrender your right to be right. And that's all you hear right now. We're right, they're wrong. The church has believed a lie. Now I'm talking about the evangelical church. Those are folks who supposedly believe that you must be born again. Believed a lie. Here's what they believed. Comfort over conviction. Entertainment over intercession. Performance over power. As a result, multiplied hundreds of thousands called of God to fill the pulpit, to train and teach and preach and prophesy and pray to the people of God have led themselves and millions astray. This Bible says, and the Bible is right and they are wrong. This Bible plainly teaches us that you can believe a lie. I'm, I'm breaking it down for you now. How tragic it would be 
If you went to religious services every week, totally and completely and absolutely and overwhelmingly were convinced of a lie. Let me, let me finish the verse. And are damned. Wow, that's, that's a sobering thought, isn't it? I mean, does that resonate with you? That what I'm shouting about could be a lie? That how I'm living could be a lie? There are preachers preaching today. 72% of evangelicals believe that it's all right to live a homosexual lifestyle. 72%. Over 80% of evangelicals between the ages of 18 and 35 believe it's perfectly fine and has nothing to do with whether or not you're born again or going to heaven. For a man to lie with a man and a woman to lie with a woman, which the book says is an abomination. I'm, I don't care whether you clap or not. I, I, quit, I quit preaching for applause when I grew up. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I knew as a child. I understood as a child. But when I got some gray hair, I put away childish things. I'm not an entertainer. I'm not a life coach. That's not what I am. I'm a prophetic, apostolic gift. And whether you realize it or not simply determines whether you receive from it or not. So then, so then, we began to cater, watch, cater our services to what, now I can't say we because I never did fall prey to it, but, but, but masses of churches, entire denominations, entire church planting organizations convinced everybody We've got to cut down the amount of time we're preaching. People's attention spans are shorter. They can't pay attention. Maybe the reason they can't pay attention is because they are not spiritually connected and you're not anointed. I never saw a baby puppy pull away from the strength-giving nourishment of his mother till he was full. And we ought to scream and get mad when the service ends. People say, why isn't it like it was in the 90s and 2000 to 2010 or 12? Why isn't it like that? No hunger. Nobody's hungry. The reason they're not hungry is because they have filled themselves, watch, 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 with the husks that the world did eat. Oh, it's quiet up in here now. God was doing miracles and stuff. Y'all were shouting. 
I got preachers all across this front row here. Don't believe the lie. Here it is. 7% of evangelicals. Now let's remember, Pentecostals are a very small percentage of evangelicals. You with me? So that's kind of a section inside evangelicals grouped in. Even with Pentecostals grouped in, only 7% of evangelicals want shorter sermons. We've catered our churches to 7%. Maybe that's why we can't find the other 93. It's awful quiet. Oh, these long-winded preachers. You're backslidden or they're not anointed. People sat and listened to Paul till they fell asleep, fell out the window, and he had to walk outside and raise them from the dead. Seven percent want shorter services. Heard them in, watched the clock, listened to the sound click. Churches are running their services by a sound click in the ear of the preacher. I double dog dare you to put one in mind, and and most of them y'all give money to. Can't tell the difference. Can't tell the difference. We got folks, we got folks sitting at home right now watching them online that used to fill the first three rows in here. Because they can watch that. It's 40 minutes. Nothing's required. Nothing. Absolutely nothing required. Because a preacher is too scared that they won't come back if he preaches the truth. And the church has bought it, hook, line, and sinker. But there, look, I'm not preaching to everybody. I wasn't preaching to everybody when you had to stand in line for a solid hour to be able to get a seat in this building. I haven't changed one bit, haven't changed anything. I preach one bit, gotten more anointed, gotten deeper in God, gotten more powerful than I've ever been. God didn't tell Tony Suarez, you're going to get bigger. He said, you're going to get greater. It is entirely possible to lose people and gain anointing. Be seated. And if you want to wander in here for 40 minutes, soothe your conscience, nothing be required of you. Have a light show and some pablum. This is not the place for you. And we need you to give up your seat because about three people in about six months going to want it. Your seat. We will never run this church according to the dictates of the culture. I go to churches all the time. Why do you have three Sunday morning services? Is your building full? No. For any of them. No. 
If you took all the people and put them together in one service, would the building be full? No. Well, why do you do it? Well, we have those that have early tea times on Sunday. We have those that like to sleep in. What, what is this, a vending machine? Where's the sacrifice? Where's though none go with me, still I will follow. Where's a woman with an issue of blood crawling through the crowd saying, I got to, I got to, I got to get to Jesus. Where are people that get mad when the service is coming to a conclusion? Where are the people that hang on online without switching between five different church services? Where's the commitment? Where's the faithfulness? Where's the, this is my church, that's my pastor, get out of my way, I got kingdom work to do. Where's that? Hallelujah. Don't buy the lie. Don't buy the lie. 93% of people in your churches want you to preach more. Not only that, they want you to preach deeper. What does that mean? They want you to give them something of eternal value. They know how to put their own shopping cart back. If you don't know how to mow your lawn, ask Google. Hallelujah. I just felt so vindicated. I put it out for everybody to see especially backslidden preachers and churches and church members set their watch of when to get to the restaurant and choose which service will make it the most convenient for them. What are we serving? God or mammon? God or self? Spirit or soul? I believe I preach to the remnant. I believe I preach to people who can't get enough of God, can't worship enough, can't thank Him enough, can't give enough, can't serve enough, can't fellowship with like believers enough. If you got to have more, get on your feet make it cost you something, and shout. My great, great God, be seated. Now let me tell you one more thing, and that doesn't mean time to click off. As a result, of preachers and pew people. That's why I went to seats, sanctified seats. Preachers and pew people, as a result of that, as a result of that philosophy, everybody wants less. You can't go that long. Nobody will come. You can't preach that deep. Nobody understands, which is another thing. We need to train children. Look, we got students coming in 
to Valor Christian College that have been in church their whole life, their little short lives, you know, they've been on the planet 20 years and of course they know everything. Uh, and, and don't know who the three Hebrew children are. They don't know. They can't find the book of Deuteronomy. You know why? Because you know where you learned that? Sunday school. They don't know what kind of tree Zacchaeus climbed up. Huh? Come here. Come here. To teach them the song. A sycamore tree. I'll say that. You're not going to sing it? <laughs> sing it. No. no, not today. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. Climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. Come here, Yolanda. Come on. And everybody that knows it, sing it and embarrass those that don't. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Lord came passing by, he looked up in the tree. He said, Zacchaeus, you come down from there, cause I'm going to your house for tea. If I survey two-thirds of people, 35 years of age or younger, who is Zacchaeus? They couldn't tell me. They couldn't tell me how many books there are in the Bible. They couldn't tell me what's the difference in the Old and New Testament. With most of these Bible college students, we have to start at ground zero. At ground zero in Bible class. Because they haven't been taught, they haven't been trained because the church said there wasn't time for it. Most folks never see miracles because they never ask for any. Surely not in church because there's not time for that. There's no time for the altar. There's no time for prayer. There's no time for seeking God. There's no time for laying hands on the sick so they don't recover because we're all in a hurry. Don't do it. When you have a crusade in Africa, pray for them for 10 hours and they'll be getting healed more in the ninth hour than they did when you started. I'm just telling you. You know why it's so easy to get folks healed in Africa? You know why? Because there's nothing to distract their faith. Somebody says it, they believe it. They just believe it. Same way in Pakistan. You tell that bunch of Muslims that Jesus will open blind eyes and every one of them believes it. Here, you've been taught through a bankrupt church system, a backslidden preacher, a bankrupt school system, which we're gonna fix, because we are giving birth to Harvest Preparatory School Network across America, and we are raising up schools that will train people correct history, correct arithmetic,
cursive writing. Amen. Every one of you preachers ought to have a school. Look, people look at me funny when I say that. Why, why wouldn't every church have a school? Every school was started out of a church. Four of the Ivy League schools were started in churches. But the church abandoned education, turned it over to the secularists, and that's the reason nobody can find their way. Amen. I'm just talking to you today. So we don't believe the lie around here. I'm, not, I'm, I'm going to cater services, conduct services at the direction of the Holy Ghost. And that's the way I'm going to do it. And if you get tired during the thing or you, you got to get to work or something, just slip out the back. Amen? But we're not going to say we're going to get you in at this time and out at that time. And No. We might be here 10 minutes or we might be here 10 hours. If you've never been in a service that God started and nobody could stop, you need to get in a few. Amen? The afterglow is the most powerful part of the day. What's the afterglow? That's after you dismiss. A boy who had no brain. No brain. Standing right here. After 90% of the people had left on a Wednesday night, God put a brand new brain fully functioning inside his skull. The afterglow is powerful. Don't be in a hurry unless you need to be. Cook your roast a little more after you get home. Hey, none of you do that anyway. You stopping at McDonald's. Amen. Heart attack in a paper sack. Blessed be God. Now I've quit preaching and gone to meddling. I want to do this. As a result, as re you ought to tweet this, text this, put it up on your Facebook. As a result of catering to the culture, three million people this year will leave the church. Three million. You would think preachers would get you're doing something wrong. Three million will walk away from the church this year. Evangelicals. But not around here. We're remnant folks. God's always had a remnant. He's always had a people. He's always had a church. He's always had a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He's always had a David and a Daniel, a Micah and a Matthew. Are you listening to me? He's always had them, and he has them today. And if you're one, and you're within driving distance, come on, you're welcome. If you're tired of the mess, amen. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now. 
and I hope you'll listen again soon.